0: YouTube into the Grassroots Gardening Podcast, which is a gardening entertainment show inside the UK where we talk about how it is to run and operate a gardening business. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes it's just us. Either way, we hope to keep you company while you're on your grassroots journey. Hello and welcome back. We have another very exciting episode for you today. We are joined with Ross who is a good friend of mine and he works in tendering and we have heard a little bit from various sources in and around tendering from like facebook groups from podcasts from all sorts of different sources from like the industry people's perspective on tendering so i thought that's a fairly limited resource pool and the guys that are doing the big big tenders multiple millions and you know trying to talk to somebody that, in that level is kind of a little bit beyond where we are in terms of the people usually that's listening to this podcast um if anyone is from those big conglomerate companies get in touch um but we are we deliver smaller level tenders and it tends to be a bit of a lawless jungle out there unless you're dealing with a massive company so i thought what a great idea to have um, a good friend of mine on and we'll just talk about tenders about what he does and it's basically if you can take any little nuggets that you can put into any sort of structure of a tender or even just a bid for a job it might be helpful um before we get into that though we had jack on last week from Cut crew he has two days left on that weeban competition He's not asked for a shout out, but I'm gonna give him one. Got two days, five pounds a ticket, that's all it is. And he's Absolute given a wee rang. Yeah, he's given a wee bang Pro away. Um we've both got tickets, so this is a stupid thing shouting this out. Yeah. But um <laughs> to be honest, I really like what he's doing and I think we should yeah, go for it. So 100%. five pound a ticket, two days left at the time of this coming out. We've worked it out, I've got the calendar out. So if you can, please do support Jack. I don't think there's many tickets sold at the moment, so you've got a good chance. You've got a great chance anyway, <laughs> um, but just, yeah, um, yeah, little shout out of Jack. So, Ross, welcome to the Grassroots Gardening Podcast. Thank you very much.
1: Um, nice to be, nice to be here and so, uh, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, so we were, we were out at a, a cute little Italian, weren't we? Multiple people, not just us um a few a few weeks ago um <laughs> was in, uh, yeah. <laughs> from the inside from the inside we could have been at a little seafood restaurant on the coastline of sicily the reality was when we got out we were in a cat park next to a tesco but it was a lovely meal and we were talking about the podcast because you know we like to get out we go for a meal every so often don't we with our friends um, because otherwise I only have two conversations, one about grass and one about nappies. So it's nice to have other conversations with people. And we were just talking about the podcast, Back to Grass. Um, and you said to me, um, well, if you ever want anything to do with tenders, I'd be quite happy to come on. And I think it was just a flippant conversation that I went, yeah, that'd be great, let's do that. Let's do that on Monday. <laughs> um, so here we are, Ross. You're talking... <laughs> um, yeah, here, here we are, mate. It's, but in uh, reality, you have... Yeah from what, and I'll let you get into your kind of bit in a minute, but the um, you've got years of experience in tenders with, within your business, um, and I think it's a fantastic opportunity to just learn a little bit about kind of what you do and how hopefully we can try and apply it to um, our industry. So how long have you been working in tenders? What do you do? What does a day-to-day look like? Um, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about Ross and his work life. Uh, well, thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, so
1: uh, my sort of current title, if you like, is, is head of bid management. I'm head of bid management at uh, a company called Traxis, um, and Traxis sort of work across um, many different um, industry sectors. Primarily, they're in uh, transport, transportation. Um, so we we have a division that focuses on uh, railway technology specifically, um, and then the other. Part of the company focuses on uh, things like um, geographic information systems, so uh, G- G- or GIS, uh, but also um, we have some traffic data and events traffic management companies as well. Um, so a really sort of diversified portfolio of work, which being part of the the group level tendering team um, means that uh, I. I tend to get my teeth into a lot of different types of tenders for um, a, a huge sort of array of clients. Um, I mean, I mean, co- company is sort of quite, quite big. It turns over about, uh, I think last year it turned over about 70 million. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of tenders sort of going yeah. out the door. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, quite, quite, quite varied, and um, I mean, I, I suppose uh, my, myself, I've been tendering for uh, the best part of ten years. Um, yeah. I I I started work with uh, Traxxis or uh, it, it was known as Sky High back in 2014, but uh, it, it's sort of since been bought by Traxxis and changed name. Um, so since 2014, I've worked for them. Um, And um, ever since day one, I was involved in sort of quoting, sort of small pieces of work, um, primarily sort of traffic surveys. Um, And then I I sort of worked my way through um, various different positions. And I, I, I started as... Uh, the traffic data team's contracts manager in 2016, and that, oh, okay. that was when I really got sort of, you know, in, into the meat of really really large strategic proposals. And um, I, I went through a a little bit of a learning curve, sort of going
0: through that. And um, yeah, how, I, how I, I many contracts? How many contracts were you, were you? Would you look after at any one time? Is it like one big one, or was it was it?
1: It it, it very, very much depends. I mean, um, in in different roles, uh, I I would say, um, on average, you're probably looking at, um, you're probably handling four or five tenders at any one time. No,
0: when you were, sorry, when you were the contract manager.
1: Oh, oh, sorry, uh, misunderstood your question. Uh, Yeah, I I think, um, I mean, that, Particular part of the business when I was contracts manager, they 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 had about um, twenty five sort of recurrent long term oh, right, okay, revenue well, contracts. Right, okay. uh, yeah, so um, I mean, a lot of that was sort of the the work I was doing was sort of renewals as well as as winning okay. winning new business. You know, um, so quite quite uh, strategically
0: important stuff for the company. Very good. And then you moved into like. Doing lots and lots of tenders as you are, as you are now. I'm guessing was that the next the next role? Yeah, contracts manager. So
1: to- yeah, I I sort of um I. I was contracts manager for a couple of years, and then I, I, I sort of became commercial manager as my role sort of um, diversified a bit more into the, the the commercial management side of of those 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 contracts.
0: Um, There'll be lots of then... as pricked up with the word commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no,
1: not it's another commercial way. guy! Uh, well yeah, yeah, but um, so so. Uh, I went through that position and then I became the head of bid management for the group in July, 2021. Um, um, So, so, it's about, about getting on for two years in that role.
0: Okay. So um, I guess if we kind of go right back to the basics of tenders um, and I'm guessing that the majority of people that listen to this understand what a tender is, but I guess there'll be some kind of government, rules as to size of tenders that have to go out and you know like just you just talk to us a little bit about i guess kind of what tender is at a basic level um and stuff like that just kind of just for anyone that really is kind of i've never never done one for the mics of this world yeah it's never really (laughs) never really dealt with with anything um yeah Yeah,
1: yeah of course um i mean i suppose a, a tender is 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 one way of um of of um winning some work for your business um so uh, normally um i, I mean when, when we're talking about a tender that there, there's there's loads of acronyms around this that you have requests for proposals rfps you have invitations to tender itt's um but essentially rfq rfq uh, rfqs yes request for qualification yeah Yeah, Yeah. that that, i googled it when that came through um but basically it, it all sounds pretty scary but but what it is really is a customer is putting out a specification they have a, a certain set of needs, and uh, it's your job as the as the as the supplier to to bid for for that particular piece of work um, and demonstrate to the um, to the uh, supply uh, to to the buyer that uh, that you're the right company, you're the right firm, you're the right one man band to, to to do it. Um, and um, I, I mean, essentially, um, when, when you Put in a tender. I mean, most most sort of. I mean, I mean, it's mostly sort of um, public bodies will will use tenders to 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 go go for work. Although um, a lot of you, you will see a lot of sort of private companies, um, sort, sort of like facilities management uh, companies, yeah. that sort of stuff. They, they they may go out for for tender occasionally uh, for, for bits of work that they can't do and that that sort yeah. of stuff.
0: Um so, so is uh, there a certain yes, size then? is there a certain size where you have to where you have to go to are you supposed to go for go to tender like if it was like a 10 grand contract for example do you have to go for tender for that or what's yeah, the, the rules around it
1: uh well Good, good for you, Matt. The, the rules have been uh, simplified quite considerably recently. Uh, like so, it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I mean, basically, these rules only apply to public sector buyers. Uh, okay. But, um, so, Beautiful. Um, pr- pr- private sector companies, I mean, you know, can do whatever they want, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, but but public sector, um, wh- when you're talking about sort of um, your your councils, uh, your local local authorities, that that sort of level, um, that there, there's something called the um, quote-unquote below threshold regime uh, legislation. Okay. And basically, that means if you have a contract that is an estimated value of thirty thousand pounds, including VAT, okay. um, essentially you have to follow a certain set of rules. Which means you 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 should go out to tender. You should um, uh, publish a a notice when you've awarded the tender as well, uh, yeah. and that, that is sort of like a transparency notice so say say for instance matt your company wins a contract uh and it's for thirty thousand pounds um the uh the 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 contracting authority i mean if if it's a local council whatever they will um they will award you the work and then within a period of 30 calendar days they must publish a a uh, a What's what's known as a contract award notice, and a contract award notice is published on um, public tendering websites such as uh, Contracts Finder and Find a Tender in the UK. And uh, essentially, that that is for notifying the market that um, that that contracting authority has has awarded the tender. Um, it, it does it does vary a little bit. With, um central government central government weirdly you would, you would think would have a would have a higher threshold but but actually the threshold is lower for central government contracts so if, if you ever work for and when anyone... you say
0: when you say central government sorry bit yeah yeah so
1: um you're talking about sort of um the say department for agriculture right or or the the department for transport you know th- these oh, are right, sort right. of cent- central government bodies that are sort of more closely aligned to the government in Whitehall in
0: London right okay I'm with
1: you right and uh yeah
0: so so nothing geographical oh yeah right okay I'm with it right
1: yes yeah when I say central government it's it's um it's centralized power around the the, the main government makes, sense. Out- yeah, makes stuff. sense yeah um so so when you when you, when you do work for central government the the threshold is actually twelve thousand uh, oh, pounds okay so um so yeah it's it it sort of seems a little bit counterintuitive yeah. uh, but um, but but yeah it's uh thirty thousand pound at local level
0: though um, I wonder if that's because they've got um because it's not geographical maybe they've got slightly more. Like, I don't know, controls in place to make sure that there's nothing being misused. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a weird. It is a weird one, though, isn't it? Yeah, I do. It, okay, it, cool. It,
1: yeah, it, it is. I mean, there, there'll be there'll be reasons behind it, but yeah. I'm, I, I'm not going to bore. bore people with it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: um, so obviously that's public sector. So there's no rules in terms of private sector. Then they can literally just do whatever they no. want just it's just no. pol- just an internal policy
1: no it, it's it's all driven by by internal policy and internal capability to to tender that sort of stuff because i mean if if you're sort of um uh, you, you know you're you're a, you're quite a small business and, and maybe you're you're going in for a for a contract where where say you're doing um you know standard grounds maintenance but but actually that uh, there's a part of that contract which is which is gutter cleaning or something uh and you can't do gutter cleaning you you you're right, theory, I can't. <laughs> you know you you could in theory put a tender out for oh i'd like a subcontractor on um yeah okay you know, yeah to, to do this for me um but re- really you're not you're not going to do that in practicality um 90 of the time um 90% so why, of the so time why, probably... why would a private
0: why would a private company do a tender um what would be the, the primary reasons that they would because it just seems easy, like, you know, if it was like, I don't know, five grand contract, there's a lot of five to ten thousand pound contracts within the, within our industry, stuff like care homes and, you know, like large hotels and stuff like that, that they're kind of, I guess, that within that range. Why would they do that rather than just like Googling it, <laughs> Googling a supplier <laughs> or something? It, it's sort
1: of. I mean, most most private companies will have a. They they will have a list of approved suppliers, if you like, for certain yeah. different types sure. of services. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I mean, you you you'll see sort of very low value. I mean, it, it, there's not a lot of value in in them sort of putting something out to tender they'll they'll just go to someone that they know but um as as the value sort of increases and as the risk increases in delivery of 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 that service um it becomes more and more sort of attractive to go out to tender because essentially you can um but by by doing so, you you can bind the uh, the supplier into a a more stringent sort of uh, co- contractual arrangements for delivery of those services. Um, it's easier to to monitor sort of what they deliver against the scope and the specification that you've set out. Is um, that, that is that, that, sort is of that
0: a very nice way of saying keeping the riffraff out?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it does keep the riffraff <laughs> out. I'm, i I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> well, but, uh, uh, <laughs> we don't, don't
0: want you don't want people that aren't ready for that yeah. level to be attacking it. It's small increments, yes, but like, yeah, yeah, of, you, of you, you, don't go from a solo gardener to taking on a contracts for the NHS. No. Like, <laughs> it's levels you know um so yeah okay so it, it's it's barriers it's barriers for that as well as making it, people it, kind of work for it as well a little bit you want them to it, want
1: to it, do it is, it is it is but but you can also um drive value for money that way as well um i mean i mean if you if you put something out to tender um i mean i mean i'll, I'll, I'll give you just a quick example yeah, so go for it. so we 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 went out to tender ourselves uh for a um a marketing company to to work work for us and um essentially uh the, the reason we chose to do that was because we 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 thought we could get better value for money by by sticking it out to the open market and um and let it letting suppliers come to us to demonstrate sort of what they can do you know we we didn't really want to be sort of um you know Bound by by who we know in that in that particular instance, we we weren't sort of um, you, you know particularly loyal to any particular mm-hmm. uh, supplier. So so the decision was made to put, put this requirement out to tender, and um, we we got a, a nice a nice supplier out of that. So,
0: so that worked out well. Do you think is it also to give the um, the contractor let's call them an idea of the budget? as well because you see a lot of values attached to these as well don't you um i guess it's kind of like it's not so much keeping the roof out but it's like getting the right people at the right level to to bid for it as in like a huge company might not be too bothered about thirty thousand because they're used to doing half a millions and stuff like that as well is um because i've always found it really strange that they put a value on it um it's almost like kind of I don't know, revealing your hand a little bit. That's kind of what I thought at first. I kind of get it a little bit more now, but yeah, is it, a, yeah. Is it from a budget perspective as well? I mean, it,
1: it can be. It can be from a budget perspective. Um, I mean, you, you'll actually find. I mean, I mean, in my experience, um, the I, I would say most of the time, the the customer who's going out to tender probably won't give an indication. Of the budget oh, okay. you, you 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 do see you do see uh, i mean it's, it's not it's not infrequent that you would see a budget sort of published on a contract though um, i mean that that can the, the the thing is is what it does is it does anchor the um it, it you know the, the the potential suppliers to a particular yeah. number so i mean if you're if you're really looking to drive value for money in a contract um, I, I mean, you, you know, there, there are pros and cons to assigning the, the budgetary value um, to to that particular tender. Yeah. Um, but, um, you, you, you know, I, I suppose um, another another way that they can use budgets is um, that they, they, they will say, well, okay, you want a tender for this contract, you've got to have a minimum turnover of 100,000. Yes and, I've heard that before. De- yeah. demonstrate that as a sort of pass fail requirement and um any, anything underneath fails you know so yeah but you know the thing is is um people who are going out to tender whether it be public or private sector they, they can be very clever around this sort of stuff um yeah. and um you know they, they may well have a supplier in mind Who's, who's their, yes, their yes. favoured supplier. And, you know, you, you, you quite often see um, sort of really weird numbers on these minimum thresholds. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I think recently I saw one for um, uh, 2,447,000. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking, that, that's a really weird number, yeah. uh, you know, and um, obviously you could do your research to find out which of your competitors turns over that particular number, which... Yeah, uh, yeah uh yeah we'll
0: we'll, we'll get we'll get on we'll get on to supplier led contract (laughs) in a minute (laughs) because um you know i've uh my wife as you know um has worked in tenders for a few years prior to the career that she's in now um so she's told us some stories so i've got some interesting things to interesting things to ask you um in terms of um In terms of, like, kind of the main elements of a tender then, so obviously we've gone into what it is, um, what do you see as kind of, like, bearing in mind aiming this at kind of, like, zero to maybe 100,000 um, value of contracts, what do you see as kind of the usual elements in it? I guess, like, health and safety and blah, 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 blah and rams and stuff like that. But what do you kind of see usually? Or do you yeah, I mean... If if you if you start at the top level, I mean, you, you
1: mm-hmm. there's almost always going to be some sort of price evaluation, and some sort of um, quote unquote quality evaluation, and um, and the, some of the things that you you talked about there, health and safety, that sort of stuff, um, you, you know, that 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 would all sort of fit under the under the quality uh, service quality umbrella. Um, increasingly as well now we're starting to see um a lot of weighting towards uh um sort of social value and um and business ethics as well um and um we're starting to see questions around sustainability getting um sort sort of reasonably high uh weightings and that that's that's driven by um uk government legislation which, which 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 states that um that contracting authorities must take this into account now in, in yeah it's in, so like in, 25
0: and yeah
1: yeah yeah so yeah. um so uh, but but the, the the sort of lower level stuff that you'll see under the quality umbrella uh, i mean you could see uh, anything from methodology statements um project plans timelines um, case studies, CVs, um, you know that that, that those CVs, sort...
0: what CVs of the of the employees. Oh yeah, very very uh, much so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So and, on uh, top of uh, would that kind of come into like a staff training section, or does that stand kind of usually on it uh, on its own? It's um.
1: Obviously, it depends on the on the nature of the tender, but, yeah. but quite quite often, uh, I find myself sort of being asked uh, for CVs in relation to uh, who's who's your project delivery team. You know, oh okay. okay. Who's, who, who's actually going to be on the ground delivering my piece of work? <laughs> yeah. uh, can you, can, you can, can like I check that they're see, okay? Like who's
0: turning up to
1: do the work? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So um, you know, you, you might you might have um, you, uh, you know a tender that you're going for in the future, Matt. Where you know you um, you, you you might be asked for CVs for yourself, but also some of the some of the staff that work for you. Okay. Um, just um, you know, it, it, it literally is. You know, what a check on who, who am I dealing with? Have they got the right experience? That that yeah. that sort of thing.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. There, uh, any any more major elements do you normally see? Um, yeah, yeah. Is there anything else in terms of like the the kind of top line, non nitty gritty bits? Um.
1: The only thing that sort of really comes to mind is um, quite a lot of. um, I mean, obviously, you you, you'll have seen before, you know, stuff stuff about your insurances. uh, Yeah, 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 the standard pre-qualification stuff, stuff. but but also um, you know, uh, management systems are are sort of really really quite quite big well certainly in our industry um okay we're quite often asked for evidence of you know have you got a quality management system have you got an environmental management system have you got a a cyber security uh uh, certification you know that 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 sort of thing i mean obviously yeah there's there's all all
0: sorts of stuff so never really actually considered the gdpr element of um, of, a t- of tendering, and you know. I mean, I'm fairly naive to this, so it shouldn't come to that much in a shock. I'm surprised. But the, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so would that be yeah. something just if you, let's call you a freelancer for a minute for a small landscape gardening company, um, <laughs> would you recommend putting kind of GDPR style stuff? into a into a small contracts in into a tender would that do you think that would kind of help sell the business would that be something that they would be interested in do you think i know it's i know it's circumstantial but
1: uh well, well first, first thing uh, mate, I, I would say is um, GDPR applies to everyone. So I, I would I would absolutely encourage everyone to consider
0: uh, any legislation. Uh, that, that's I think, out, yeah, out so, so what, what I mean is but, but that I don't in terms mean like of, yeah, people's yeah. phone numbers. I mean like in terms of like how to demonstrate that as a process because obviously like customer's details are kept on like a CRM or in a kind of, you know, theoretically in like a locked diary in a locked box or something but it's demonstrating that to the to the potential supplier uh, customer that you would yeah i guess it's a management system isn't it i guess or a form of because it's information management yeah yeah that's uh, exactly what it's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it's um it's information security management um at, at its sort of more, most most sort of basic level yeah. but um i i, I would say you, you, i mean obviously the, the 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 industry that we're we're talking about here in sort of grounds maintenance um you, you know gardening that 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 sort of stuff i mean you, you're not often going to be asked questions on on sort of information security but but it definitely is worth considering in your business um what your potential exposure is to uh to to this potential um, okay. sort of thing because if you if you do have a, a, a data breach um you know you you are you are required to 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 report it to the uh the information commissioner um yeah. and you could be you can be investigated and you, you know they they, they 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 have you know pretty pretty strong deterrence around sort of um you know data breaches and that sort of stuff it is it, it, it is um i mean the business that i work in is is you know fundamentally different you know where where, where working with data um, and technology all the time. But yeah. uh, uh, for, for any business out there, I mean, the, the deterrent is you have a data breach, you, you can be fined up to 4% of your annual turnover. So it, it's... lose £8.20. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> it's,
0: it's... Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, that's quite
1: uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't mean to scare anybody about GDPR... <laughs> Uh, well, but, I uh, about, you know. every, everyone's just switched
0: off now. Everyone's gone to lock the van. Thinking, oh, that diary has got Dorothy's telephone number in it. Yeah, um, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: obviously, uh, you, you know, be, being able to de- demonstrate that sort of thing. I mean, if if, if you're asked about it, it, it's good having a good idea of, of what what you what what your processes are uh, yeah, okay. j- just, just around that, in case you are asked the question
0: interesting um so i guess what you find in terms of like tenders for like small level stuff smaller level stuff um smaller value it's called it smaller value is kind of like i guess like parish council contracts uh we have like i guess like private sector contracts um and then i guess like small public sector contracts um because the rest of them tend to get eaten by big conglomerates and scary companies. Um, In terms of that, then, obviously, facilities managers, um, which is something that we deal with quite a lot, and parish council clerks and stuff like that, they they have favourites sometimes. Um, What would be a way, because I guess you could maybe read it in a tender that there was a favourite, um, without really reading it as in like the scope of work has been written by a by an actual contractor that I guess that happens quite a lot because like the tender pack I was given was written by a gardener because there is no way a facilities manager has written that <laughs> because they just it's the type of stuff that you just wouldn't know um, so how do you get around that i mean you might not be able to but what what would you say would be a good way to kind of sell yourself like including like in something that's a tender how would you kind of try and get around that
1: i mean i mean that 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 sort of scenario you you're always you're starting on the back foot Right, 100%. and, and um, it, obviously tendering from from that position is 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 really difficult, but yeah. it is it, it's it's not impossible, um, okay. and um, you, you you know the, you, you do you do need to consider carefully sort of what what clues you can get from from the tender documents themselves i mean you you sort of alluded to to a tender document that you'd seen sort of being written by a gardener i mean that 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 straight away for me would be would be bringing up red flags so just uh, for the
0: audience then um, yeah. the 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 thing that i had was that the hedges must be trimmed prior to the grass being cut now you're looking at me saying why the hell does that matter but obviously it's from a debris perspective because they don't want clippings after the lawn's been done. They want the clippings to be done and then anything to be hoovered up by the lawnmower to leave a nice finish. Facilities managers are not going to know that kind of stuff. So that was like one example of the tender document that I wrote. Uh, I've, um, I've been handed and it's like clearly somebody's written a scope of works for this that is a gardener. Um, and I guess there'll be loads of other little things, but that was just the one thing that stuck out um yeah uh,
1: i mean it's that's a really good example um you you, you know you, you you literally get all sorts in yeah. in these things and and so, so something that you've you've got to remember is that um you know the who who your audience is at, at the other at the other side and you, you you can you can sort of um you you know you you can really tell when it when a tender document is sort of copy and paste you know yeah. and quite quite often when you when you start doing um tenders and you, and you work on a few tenders and you know you'll see a contract that you know you bid on last year and you'll see the same tender come around and mm-hmm. that sort of thing so you you, you, you get to notice patterns uh, over a period of time but i mean, I mean in, in terms of your question around sort of um how how do you move yourself into a more favored position with the with the customer yeah the, the thing you've got to remember with 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 tendering is that tendering is sort of it's like the checkout right in a in a supermarket okay. so you sort of the 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 hard work is almost done before you go to the checkout i mean when when, when you're a customer and you walk into a supermarket you pretty much know what you're going to buy yeah. Yeah. Um and by by the time you get to the till you've got a basket full of stuff and um 99% of it will be well well if you're really disciplined 99% will will, will be what what you what you thought but you know might might be fit, for some people it might be 50% whatever but you know you've got a reasonable idea of of what you're going to buy. Yeah. So so essentially if you think of tendering like like being stood at the checkout that that's essentially what this is. The, the, you you are they are performing one final check before we get to the market. So what you've got to remember is is that tendering is is the um, the very last part of the a wider business development process. And the business yeah. development process starts way, way, way before the tender even comes out. And if the 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 work that you can do Sort of in the in the background, the relationships that you've got, the talking that you can do to to facilities managers, to business managers, uh, to to your your contacts in in the various um, place uh, that, that you're trying to get the work from, um, it's going to do you a good job, right? Um, it, it's going to get you into a position that that sort of in in the tendering world, you, you you're moving from an, an unknown position to a known position, right? How 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 do you then move move from a known position to a favoured position, and that that's that's the sort of next step, you know. And um, you you've you the, these things take a lot of effort. They take a lot yeah. of time, you know. And um, and you know, quite quite often, um, you, you know, I, I would say if if you're if you're in an unknown position with the customer, by the time that the tender comes out, the the, the, the chances are you ain't going to win it. No. you know, fr- frankly and um almost i mean you you've really got to consider your reasons for for, for tendering if you if yeah. you're in that position um however if you if you've done the bit of work in the background you, you've had a few conversations you've worked out that uh maggie's your facilities manager and uh De- deborah in, in in account sort of um you know she, she quite likes to pay sort of within 60 days and uh yeah. you, you know you you're sort of Prepared to accept that sort of thing, and you've had the conversation with her. You've dropped them an email saying, "Oh, you know, yeah. when's your tender coming out?" You know yeah, that, yeah. That, that sort of thing. All of these these sorts of activities can can amount to you moving from that unknown position to the known position. Um, to to then move to towards the, the the favored position is is
0: is more difficult. Um, and and, and just go back to your analogy of the supermarket. Just for a second because I, I like that and I think that's really helped me put it into context because I guess a lot of people will go out to tender uh, for stuff from an unknown position and get quite upset that they've put five tenders in and not got a bean back but of course putting it into your supermarket analogy that is literally like having a shopping, bas- a shopping trolley full of stuff going to your favourite cashier and then somebody jump in front of you with a leaflet saying you could have bought all this online from Ocado um, and <laughs> it's l- legit like that then, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's very unlikely that somebody in that position would be like, actually, you're right. I'm going to go home and order it all online. You wouldn't do that unless it was like <sighs> potentially, yeah. I guess on price or value. Um, either one there, of those two things, I guess. There,
1: there would there would have to be a really, really, yeah. really compelling reason for them yeah. for, for for them to choose you, and, mm-hmm. and quite quite often, I mean, you, you know, pr- price price is quite often not compelling enough. Okay. Um, I mean, if, That's you, good if to know. You, yeah, I mean, if if you if you think sort of, um, you know. Uh, if if I think back, right, I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example where when I've tendered from a, from an unknown position, uh, we we tendered a a um, a what what's known as a, a well, essentially it was a software contract for um, a a railway op- operator based in the north of England, and um, um, that they they wanted um, a specific uh, they had like a back office full of people uh, working with the current software provider and um, it was um, very very well known but it was really really inefficient because they they had an in-house team at the railway operator uh, working with this piece of software so we we actually tendered it from an unknown position because we have a piece of software that eliminates the need for that back office team uh, right and we we automated the whole process so that that is sort of what i would call a true innovation yeah uh, it's it's not it's not just a differential it's it goes one step beyond that an innovation is is something that will that will really sort of shake up the market mm-hmm. and um you know that I, I would say is an example of a, a really compelling reason um and uh yeah i i, yeah, I, I Think think very carefully. I mean, you, you you may have other reasons why why you would throw a tender in from an unknown position. Uh, I mean, it, it might be that you want to try and get yourself into a known position. So you, you yeah okay be, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, I'm, you I'm, here, think, I'm
0: here this time for the ride, but next time I'm here for the
1: yeah yeah, I'm yeah. Here to finish yeah exactly. You know, you 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 can put your put your tender in and yeah just just remember as well um so something I, I would advise is um when you when you're not really that 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 confident uh and and you are tender for an unknown position remember as a supplier you you can actually throw in whatever the hell you want right you you don't have to be fully compliant. With the uh, with the with the buyer's um, specification.
0: You know? Good lord, I'm gonna get comfy for this one. Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, okay, so the the, the, the the buyer will say, right, well, give, give me a a methodology statement that's ten pages. I want CVs from from three of your staff. Um, I want uh, a full health and safety plan. I want insurance. blah, blah, bar. Blah, blah. You sit there thinking, well, you know, really, all I want to do is get my get my name out there, you know. That that's that's my primary aim here is to get my name in front of the customer. So, what what you, you could make a, a very conscious decision, just to throw in one of your standard tender packs, and and say, uh, okay, yeah, this is who we are. Here, here's a a, a covering letter. You know, this is why we would be a good fit for for your contract. We'd love to talk to you. You don't necessarily need to spend absolutely ages making sure that everything is compliant. You know, Genius. because Um, Yeah, it's sort of, um, you know, what's known as a non-compliant tender. Um, And, you know, generally, you'll see instructions in requests for proposals and invitations to tender that say, oh, we we will not accept a non-compliant tender. Um, I mean, good practice is, if you can, you know, do do try and submit a compliant tender, but um, you can also submit a non-compliant tender. Which says, well, well, actually, you know, actually, I I think, you know, instead of cutting the hedges first, what you should do is is, um, take out all the weeds first, you know. And uh, so I'm going to propose, I'm going to take all the weeds out uh, and then I'm going to build a new garden shed in the back. And then uh, then I'm going to do the hedges. And this is the reason why. And here's an executive sort of summary telling you what my reasons are behind that. So here's your compliant proposal. This is, you know, this is how much it will cost to do it that way. Here's the non-compliant proposal, which actually, Mr. Customer, will save you a lot of money and it'll save you a lot of hassle, you know? So you can can think about it in many, many different ways. Yeah, Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting thought i've never really because it's almost like a rule book isn't it <laughs> like like you read a tender book like a rule book and you're kind of like well you know I, I don't really fit within the turnover requirement or the whatever requirement or you know i don't have i'm not Chaz accredited or you know whatever these kind of big barriers are that's a really interesting
1: point point. Um, the, the, the reality uh, i mean if, if you if you look at the the sort of um the the people on the other side the procurement people um they're going to see a lot of a lot of rubbish at, at, at their end you know honestly mm. the, the average tender that they receive will be not great and, okay. and 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 if you if you sort of bear that in mind when you're when you're thinking about what you're going to submit. Um, it, it might be that your standard tender pack with with a nicely worded letter that says, well, actually, I, I've really thought about your specification and I think you you might want to do it this way because it'll save you money or it'll save you time or, or hassle or that sort of thing. Um, you'll be surprised
0: how often that works. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Thanks for it, isn't that? Never really thought about that. Um, and I guess you get to a point where you kind of like you've done so many of them and you've been rejected and then you've been only half rejected. And you kind of think, well, <laughs> next time. Um, no. Yeah, but, oh, okay. but, but you know, you, you, you can you can make a conscious decision. Right.
1: Well, you know, I, I'm in a completely unknown position with this. customer. I'm going to spend an hour doing this. Right. So you you spend an hour chucking together, wh- whatever you want. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you submit the proposal and. Um, straight away, it appears on the particular person's desk, you know, and they have to do something with it. So yeah. it, it's part of that tactic to move yourself from an unknown position to a known position. Um And from, from that known position, it's, it's a bit easier to move into that favoured position later.
0: Yeah. So I guess if you were to kind of bring it back to the green industry, you would be, I don't know, let's say you weren't compliant on – I don't know, uh, size of business, I guess, would probably be one that we would be stretching for, going up against some massive companies that hold the tenders. I guess you could say that we are, you know, let's say you needed to be, I don't know, a £300,000 a year business on turnover, or half a million, let's say half a million, and you were, I don't know, let's say 300000 and you were quite a way off. You know, it could be that actually you could submit a compliant one um sorry a non-compliant one and then you can actually submit your own to say actually you know we would have done it like this we will be at the turnover level in i don't know two years time but this is how we we would have delivered your project. is that kind of is that kind yeah. of what you make what you're saying that's really interesting yeah um, I mean, and then i guess if you then if, you've been, if then next time it comes round, you then are at it you've also got yeah you've also made that relationship you're going from a slightly more known position yeah
1: interesting yeah, And, okay. and so, 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 something else you can do as well is um you you, you can ask some um fa- fairly nicely worded tactical clarification questions um okay. during the tender process i mean uh, in, in a standard tender process you probably have say somewhere between two and four weeks to respond to a to, a, to yeah. an invitation to tender um almost always there will be a way that you can ask questions of the uh, of the, of the buyer and you know you, you you can ask them if they they would accept a tender for a a reduced scope or um you know we we've noticed item A in table A says that we want you to cut uh, the the grass first instead of the hedges and we think that's that's that that's a bit silly so um ca- can you clarify why that is that 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 sort of okay. thing um, and and actually you know what, what what normally the person on the other end um un- un- unless it's sort of um yeah, well i would i would say the, the person on the other end normally is is someone who's not actually going to be involved in maintaining the service later yeah okay yeah 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 normally they'll have like a, pastor, or a business one. manager yeah, yeah something a pastor, like yeah like that okay yeah. um so so actually what that then does is that that forces the the person who's looking after the tender to talk to the person who is actually going to look after it later on and say oh well uh, um business a has asked this question I'm not really sure yeah. how to answer it you know so so that th- <laughs> it'll cause those sorts of conversations happening in 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 the background you know and, and clever quite quite often you know the, the um the, the buyers will say um that, that they will actually make changes to the scope in response to uh, clarification questions so it's um it, it's not completely unheard of um to do that i mean obviously when, when you do ask clarification questions you do have to bear in mind that the usual practice is that um those those responses will be circulated to all tenderers so um you, you kind of got to make sure that you word it in such a way that you're not giving away you know, any any part of your strategy or your position or that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. So do do, do bear that in mind when you're asking questions, uh, for
0: sure. Interesting. I guess if you were a – is it usually the procurement team then that would do, that would be in responses usually?
1: Yeah, I mean, most um, mo- most local authorities have in-house procurement staff that look after, you know, not not just sort of grounds maintenance uh, contracts. They, they they look after a, a wide array of different sort of um, contracts, you know. So the, the thing is, is that person on the other end is very unlikely to be a technical expert in, yeah. in your particular field. Yeah. Um So um, so
0: yeah, that, that's, that's I, kind of where it is. I guess they've got a very big vested interest in getting the suppliers tender in because yes. you don't want to turn around to your manager or the person or the director that's asked you to go out to tender for this and go actually only one person entered They'd be like well, hang on, what have you been doing that So there they must have quite a lot of if they unless they've got several going out they must have quite a, that feels like it would be quite a lot of stress for, on for, that for person it. yeah
1: very, very much so, Matt. And um, so, something I would advise all of your uh, your listeners is, if if you see a a, a pre qualification questionnaire, right, and, and you you see yeah. you see some ridiculous requirements for insurance or uh, twenty years in the industry or mm-hmm. so, something something really daft that you just think, oh, you know, we don't make that. You know, yeah. is, is it worth tendering? From a procurement perspective, you, you're absolutely right. They are motivated to get your tender in yeah. at all costs. And and in my experience, it is very, very rare for a tenderer to be disqualified on the basis of pass-fail requirements, yeah. supposed mm-hmm. pass-fail requirements in, in that pre-qualification questionnaire. So, and, and that that is because, you know, Quite often, what will happen is, procurement team will receive the tenders. They'll, they'll look at them all and say, "Oh well, actually, I've got tenders from three suppliers, and none of them meet this re- this requirement. Um, we better yeah. talk to them all uh, and and clarify the position with them. And it, it's it's always, you know, they'll, they'll say it's pass fail, but really, it's it's discretionary pass fail. <laughs>
0: it Depends on many people pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes um,
1: sense. You know. So, um, I mean, more, more often than not, if you if you do see a scary requirement in one of these these, these pre qualification things, just t- take it with a pinch of salt, and you, you know, by all means, ask a clarification question about it. They might even eliminate that requirement altogether.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's in. Yeah, that's interesting. And like, I had to be for one of the. Uh, it's like a big block of flats, but it's kind of like a posh one. Um, one of their requirements is all the supplies needed to be charged registered. And like, I have been funny, but I'm not paying for that. And I'm not in a position where I would need to be anywhere near that. Um, and I asked that simply out the fact that I was like, I'm not getting it. <laughs> so You either pick someone else. And um, I was I was already it was like a rolling contract. And they were like, oh, actually, don't worry about that. It's for everyone else that works inside. Um, but like, if I'd have been going out to tender for that, I got this through a bit of a back door. Um, it was a company that swapped it to a company that swapped it to another company. And they ended up with a horrendous facilities management company that demanded it, um, but had I read that on a tender application, that might well have stopped us from going ahead because it's like, but yeah, that's interesting. That, mm. that is interesting. It's... And they did, they, they wiped, they completely wiped it off. They were just like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah,
1: and and you, you you'll quite often see that. I mean, obviously, Ch- Chaz is the um, that that's the safety schemes in procurement certification. I yeah. think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that that that's that's really quite a high level certification that you'd probably expect, you know, larger businesses to have. Really. Um, yeah. So, so this so- is a nas- this,
0: this, 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 the, the facilities management company is national. Um, it's yeah. one of the one of the largest and most terrible ones in the country. Um, and they, I guess, will work with. They will go out to tender for a, a lot of different sites that they look after for grounds maintenance and stuff like that. It just so happened that the person that built the building quite liked me. Um, so I am, I am a little blemish on their otherwise massive conglomerate. Um, but I'm still in contact with the with the with the development with the developers. They are building flat block number two over the road as we speak <laughs> and i'm doing that one as well um so it's a bit of a basically the one between facilities management issues so that the owner rang me, the owner <laughs> rang me the one. um but yes okay. they are. it was big business dealing with big business and like i don't think they, they were used to sending emails to people that deal out the back of the shed so
1: yeah uh, yeah and um I, I mean quite quite a lot of these big FM companies they they will actually work in other industries as well, and and, and in in higher uh, higher risk industries, yeah. uh, you know. So I, I know that quite a lot of those who are involved in facilities management, some of the really big ones are in are in transport as well, um, and uh, that that's sort of how how I've come across them, and I, I've I've seen requirements of chairs that sort of, thing. Um, but I mean the. the Nine times out of ten, you know, if, if you if you see something like that, I think if you can demonstrate that 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 you you, you have a robust yeah. safety management system in place, it will probably
0: be accepted. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone loves a rule until you can't facilitate it. Um, <laughs> but well, you break break the rules at the right time.
1: <laughs> tactically. ask about it first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome right so tell us a fun story about the world of tendering <laughs>
1: um yeah well um i've 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 certainly tended for for some interesting contracts in my time um i, I w- I'd say um what well, what one one that you guys I, I I thought about one that you guys might like to hear about and uh, we 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 acquired a um, a uh, an Earth observation business uh, a couple of years ago um, at, at Traxis, and uh, it, so essentially they they use um, satellite imagery okay. um, and uh, pr- primarily in the the sort of agricultural industry. Oh, okay. uh, and um, essentially, um, there's uh, you you you'll probably be aware of the sort of the the EU. Common agricultural policy, um, yeah. which uh, essentially um, what what governments across the EU have to do is they they have to determine um, the the actual land use of of uh, of different sort of farm areas and that sort of yeah. stuff to um, to apportion sort of subsidies between farmers. So mm-hmm. we we actually were tendering for an earth observation contract um, in a in a prominent EU country. And um, to 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 do this, it, it was just like the the perfect sandstorm of a scenario. Um, we 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 had to work with, I think, three different subcontractors. Uh, th- those those subcontractors were, were based in uh, other EU countries. So we had we had one in sort of uh, the Netherlands. We had another in Slovenia. We had another in Austria. So there, 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 are a bit of sort of language barriers between yeah. us and the subcontractors. Um, we 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 had a sort of three-week turnaround period, which sounds quite a long time, but but actually when when you when you're answering uh, fifty quote-unquote high-level questions, um, providing CVs for more than fifteen members of staff. Every single one of those CVs requires three years of experience for each member of staff. And, and each member of staff needs to have a related degree qualification uh, to, to be compliant. Um, uh yeah. So, uh, and then on top of those fifty high-level questions, there, there were the detailed method statements for how you would actually go about delivering the contract. It was, it was quite a complex sort of IT, yeah. sort of back end and and that sort of stuff. So, naturally, me as the as the bid manager, I uh, w- was was not technically able to to write uh, the, this tender bar myself. So I, I had the, the the help of a lot of uh contributors uh, yeah. who not only worked for traxis but but worked for each of the each of the subcontractors as well and they were they were directly editing my my proposal document and um uh we so we were having daily stand-up meetings daily stand-up meetings every single day about this tender for, for three three maybe four weeks actually and um uh we, we just you name it what went wrong it went wrong um even up until the sort of couple of days before the submission, like I, I was, I was going through the whole thing and uh, I was just thinking, there's just a load of red lines in this submission. There's a load of comments, you know, Pe- people aren't answering the questions. They're just commenting in, in the document. So, um, and then um, a couple of hours later, the uh, it, it turned out that the, um, the file had sh- uh, corrupted on SharePoint, <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> uh, so uh, basically, I, I had to put in a call to each one of the uh, the subcontractors in Netherlands, Austria, and Slovenia to tell them to stop working uh, on the document to 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 exit, it so we could roll it back to a previous version. Um, and uh, yeah, it was all it was all a bit of a nightmare a couple of days before submission. Um, so eventually the thing went in, and uh, after a sort of uh, fairly, fairly angry phone call, where I sort of said to everybody, "Right, stop commenting in the document; just put the answers in." <laughs> <laughs> um, it sort of all all went together, went in that sort of thing, and then um, we we got a uh, we, we got a letter uh, three three weeks later that was preceded by a phone call, uh, and it was from the uh, the, the procurement team at uh, at this uh, major EU country's agriculture department and um uh, the, the guy the guy says um uh well you've um your tenders not compliant and uh he, he says well uh, we, we've actually identified that um you know you' you've got these two people in your in your tendering team that that uh in in your cvs they they're technically not compliant with the specification can, can you update their cvs please to ensure that they're to, to ensure they're updated. So I've updated the CVs. And, and I was sat there thinking, well, you know, what what are the guy's CVs, right? He, he'd been in the industry for 25 years and, um, you know, really experienced guy. Uh, but they, there was no such thing as a degree in Earth observation at the time. <laughs> um, so I could not demonstrate that he had a degree in Earth observation. So I wrote back, sent, sent this explanation back to him. Uh, and they, they went away, but a week later they came back and they said, we've disqualified your tender on the uh, on the grounds that um, uh, the, these, these CVs don't meet our requirements, you know, so this is two CVs out of 12 that we put in that were technically not compliant with the specification. And um, he, he also said, um, well, yours was actually the only tender we received at all, um, and actually... <laughs> right we, we, we'd quite like to do the deal with you <laughs> um, and uh, actually we were otherwise really impressed with the quality of your your, your submission um so we had a meeting uh with, with uh with with this guy and um, we we did a we did a deal in the back room uh which which awarded this contract for circa four million euros and um uh, a, a contract award notice was put out publicly that said uh, this contract was not awarded because they didn't receive any uh, any qualified tenders. Wow. Um, but but in the back room, uh, our tender was accepted, and uh, we are um, we are delivering. <laughs> on this that's, particular tender, that's nuts. Why
0: yeah. did nobody, why did nobody else go into it? Because you must have you must have competition. Just too complicated. Too many files corrupted.
1: Uh, well, well, I mean, if, if if you'd seen the the state of the the tender document, I mean, honestly, to have fifty high level questions of seven hundred and fifty words each to respond to, plus um, I think I think the r- the remainder of the submission was about was about twenty thousand words on top of that. Um, you know, ain't it, nobody the, got time should, for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you would quite easily look at this and think. Do you know what? No, oh, I won't bother. Um, right. So, so there, there was that. <laughs> but, but, but also the, the the very fact that uh, we we partnered up with um, our three subcontractors uh, who were specialists in delivering this particular piece of work in other EU countries. Yeah, uh, that that actually took out some of the competition as well because they they preferred to uh, to sort of join up with us, um, and uh, that proved to be a, a a good a good way forward for us
0: um, so Quick, last question whilst whilst I've got you Um can you tender can you put some can you put a submission in that let's say they're asking for I don't know carbon neutral and you're not carbon neutral could you put in a plan a work towards to becoming carbon neutral based on the award of the tender yeah yeah of course um is because... that ethical like is that is that a done thing or is that <laughs>
1: of, course, of course of course it is as as long as okay. as long as you're you're transparent as
0: long yeah, as you're okay. transparent
1: about your your position um i mean to be, you know, I mentioned before, there's the sort of um, central government contracts, if you like. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a central government um, uh, procuring body called um, Crown Commercial Service, and Crown Commercial Service recently started mandating that um, suppliers, when they bid for a contract over a certain value, you have to submit a, a carbon reduction plan. Okay. Uh, and, and it's within a, a particular template. So, so there, there there are loads of templates out there that will that will um, show you how to how to structure your carbon reduction plan. Loads of guidance out there on, on how you can go about measuring your your, your emissions and your environmental impacts. Um, I mean, obviously, you you've probably heard that the UK government's um, carbon neutral target is to be net zero by twenty fifty. Yeah. Um, so, so to make a to make a commitment in your business to be to be net zero by by twenty fifty or, or or sooner if you can, is a uh, is is going to be looked upon favorably by by the um by, yeah. by, the, by the awarding bodies, um and uh, yeah I mean that this is this is going to become, uh I, I mean it is already um sort of standard practice really for 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 large large contracts and uh, that 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 will inevitably filter down to. Sort of uh, smaller,
0: you know, sort of local yeah. Procurement so well. I guess the, you know, like we would put into a tender. I don't know if it was something in and around kind of corporate responsibility. We would put something in around. I don't know, maybe battery usage over petrol for the equipment and um, stuff like that. But let's say they wanted to go really, really hard on it, um and I guess you could then put in, I don't know, planting schemes and stuff like that, electric vehicles. and But if you didn't, you didn't want to have all that stuff, unless you got awarded the contract, because it's not, you haven't got anything existing where that would benefit you. That's okay to kind of put that in as, as a plan. I mean, but, it, it wouldn't be quite yeah, as course. good as somebody else that's already doing it. But that's kind of, would that be compliant? Do you think in most cases? Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, in, in many ways, um, I mean, that that's something you could write into your methodology statement, or or okay. even if if, the, if they ask you about um, added value, um, yeah. I mean, that, that that is something that, I mean, you award this contract to me, I will do X and Y. Um, okay, you know, uh, that that's that's a perfectly valid way of, way of way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, so so okay. something something I probably would would advise is, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of sort of uh, I think pe- people are approaching this sort of issue in in, in the wrong way, um, and and to to really um, you, you know and, and and this this goes for procuring bodies as well. Uh, quite quite often, what what they'll say is, "Oh, wh- what social value are you going to deliver for my particular contract in my particular area?" Right, and that that in a way is kind of it feels like a strange way of going about it because. Yeah. Actually, um, you know, if, if you want to impact upon sustainability, it's not it's not just about the environment. It's about social issues. It's yeah. about economic issues. You know, how, how can your business continue to turn a profit, right? Um, and by turning a profit, you're contributing to economic prosperity in that area. You're reinvesting, um, you, you know, it, it is actually that profit that drives... Delivery of environmental and uh, sort of social values as well. Uh, okay. So, so if that's... you think about it in that in that sort of more holistic sense, from sort of E S and G environment, yeah. social, governance, um, that that that's that's a better way of looking at it than just oh, I'm I'm doing this just to be a, a corporate citizen, a good a good corporate citizen. You know, really have a look at your business and think. How can I do something that is really impactful, but also, you know, it, it, it's not just impactful on the community that I serve, but it's also delivering good returns for me, and and delivering good returns for my business, because you, that that sort of your your continued ability to turn a profit and to generate a higher profit can be driven by that social activity that you're doing. You know, I mean, if if, if you go in and you you talk to um, uh, you know, I don't know apprentices at college, right? And and you you do that four times a year, and you know you use that to to drive recruitment and drive uh, people into your business and give people jobs. That's a really really strong social um, sort of yeah. sort of art social sustainability. Um, you know, r- rather than sort of making token gestures. You know, um,
0: so you're just again bit thick. So you're saying that by being in business and these are the things that we do in our business and you are supporting our business by being awarded this contract stuff like the social and um economic um benefits will be achieved because we are in business and this is what we do rather than this is what the contract is and we will do x on rewarding the contract it's We are doing this type of thing anyway. Is that kind of what you mean, or have I come at that? Not,
1: not not really. No. Okay. Uh, uh, What, 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 what what I probably meant was was sort of um, if if you if you think about holistically in the in the UK, sort of how much the government will spend on um, environmental protection right yeah I, I i have no idea what the figure is i I've, no. I've seen it somewhere but but it's it's a very very large number right um but if you if you think about the spending power of business on um the these these sorts of issues or on environmental yeah. and social governance issues it absolutely dwarfs government spending um so, and and when the money thinking. that's available to to go into tackling social issues and to tackling climate-related yeah. issues and, and environmental issues, but but to 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 be able to spend that money, business has to make a profit.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, and, yeah I get. And, I'm with you know. I'm I make with you.
1: a profit. It, it makes it more secure. yeah, 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 yeah. No, Scale the, sure. the the um the 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 actions that you do and support longer term. You know, if you if you're sort of yeah.
0: I, I work, Sorry, I was, I was a little, little bit behind, behind that. that. I'm, with you, now. I'm, I'm yeah. with you now. I think I went off on my own thought trail and... <laughs> that's awesome. Well, what a wonderful way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for, yes, for coming on. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um and um I'm sure there'll be a great deal of value that we can get that people have got from this episode. So thank yeah, you Austin for coming
1: on. No, th- thank you, guys. Pleasure to Come on, yeah. and uh, hope to uh,
0: hope to see you again soon. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you would like to share your grassroots story, then please be sure to email us at thegrassrootspodcast@gmail.com, at and we'll be sure to get back to you and hopefully get you a scheduled slot. We'd love to hear your story. Alternatively, if you've enjoyed today's show, then we really would appreciate a well-worded five-star review on whichever platform you tuned in from. Thank you very much, catch you in the next one.